There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Living History UK podcast, a podcast for the discerning and knowledge-hungry historians out there. You can support our podcast and get much more from Living History UK by joining our Patreon from just £1, and by doing so, You'll be a part of an ever-growing community and really help to make a difference as we strive to keep history alive. But for now, enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Living History UK podcast. Why is it special? Well, it's our first birthday of the podcast. So joining me are my esteemed colleagues, Steve Davis and Don Blythe. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Peter, and good evening, Dom, and everyone who's listening. Can't quite believe it's uh, one year since we started the podcast. It's nuts, isn't it? I don't know where the time's gone, and I really don't know what else I've been doing with time. <laughs> we all know you've got no real concept of time and space, really, have you, Dom? <laughs> <laughs> or anything else better to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah... Yeah, all joking aside, it's mad, isn't it? It was. Uh, it doesn't even feel like it's been a year, though. That's the weird thing about it. Because um, obviously, Steve started off the podcast about was about three months before I did, um, and then I came on board with the podcast six months, six eight months later. Dom, you decided to arrive, and uh, yeah, it's it's been mad, hasn't it? It's just bizarre, but. Um, but here we are to talk about what we've done over the past year regarding the podcast. So Steve is the man with the stats. So what So what I mean by the stats is like, uh, where are we? are we? Have we made it to the charts yet? That's the most important question. <laughs> That's the most important question. Have we made it to the charts? And also, like, how many people are actually subscribed to listening to us? Well, you caught me slightly off guard there. I don't have all the... Uh details to hand but uh, i'll do a quick little search on my uh as a sort of statistician um i did check earlier we do have um nearly 200 people who actually subscribe to the podcast on spotify alone which is pretty mad because i know we are fulfilling a very very niche 
sort of sector of the podcast market. We've uh, firmly got it cornered. It's in our uh, sights of our uh, sort of 303 bolt action rifle, uh, to put it bluntly, for want of a better analogy. But we're looking at the number of downloads is the only way that we can really track how many people actually listen to our inane ramblings from week to week. We can't uh, sort of track the amount of people who will just go onto something like Spotify, other podcast platforms are available, and just click play. We can't track that. So maybe there's millions of people out there listening to our dulcet tones. Who knows? Uh, doubtful, I know. But what we can track is the number of people who physically download an episode. So they're the people who uh whilst many of you guys who are listening for that matter actually will go on to an episode and think ah that looks fairly interesting i might just listen to that tomorrow now don't download the episode now what we've had in the past well all time stats because we're now at a year is uh, a grand total of uh three and a half thousand episodes downloaded total which is quite a fair odd number so we've we've only released 60 episodes but we've had uh three and a half thousand people have downloaded them so the way that we can sort of use the formula to uh work out how many people are listening to it streaming it on a regular basis is to times that by five so with my uh sort of uh very rudimentary gcse and maths which i just uh sort of scraped that's around fifteen thousand people who uh, are listening um on, on a streaming basis over the past year so that's pretty mad but i think the the best sort of litmus test for how popular the podcast is is word of mouth and i know that dom recently attended one of his uh sort of uh well in his numerous guys a bit like mr ben really all these uh uniforms and countries that he uh, depicts i know that dom um hooked up with a couple of guys that sounds dodgy doesn't it um and they were talking just about how much they love the podcast so dom enlighten us Yes, this was at Eastwick, not a uh, public lavatory, as um, contrary to what most rumours have you believe. Uh, it was Eastwick, um, which was uh, two weeks ago, and there was um, a couple of guys who, who said uh, that they listen, listen to the podcast and um, and agree and enjoy listening to us. So there was one particular listener who goes by the name of uh, Connor Palfrey, who um, I know he'll be listening to this. He says he he listens to us on his on his way to work, and he and he enjoys listening to our mad rambles and um, and our light hearted view on on the hobby, and agrees wholeheartedly with with the stances that we take. So, not to sound you know too uh, too psychotic or anything. At least we know that our our ramblings and and stances have some sort of firm basis in reality. But no, it was good. It was good getting some feedback at East Week from some of the guys that do listen. Even some guys who, um, albeit uh, from the TikTok and whatever, some guys from uh, the overseas contingent um, uh, uh, imbibe in our media. So it's good, to, good to see and hear that we're having that sort of impact um, with with other people who are so passionate um, about the hobby as as what we are. And that's really great to hear because like, you do. I, I get it when walking around the circuit, bit of like a military affair or a living history event. We do get those people coming up to us saying, "Oh, listen to your podcast." But it's it's a weird one because you get people that like wholeheartedly, literally watch and listen to everything that we do, be it the TikTok, YouTube, um, and the podcast. Um, but you also get some of those people where. Um, They'll go, oh, yeah, we watched you on YouTube. We love YouTube stuff. Or they'll go, oh, yeah, I love the TikTok stuff. Go, yeah, have you seen our YouTube stuff? 
you, you blokes have YouTube as well. <laughs> what the hell? Do you have a podcast as well? It's like, yeah, we advertise it quite a lot <laughs> like on, on, the, on the other platforms. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it is great to hear, especially when they turn around and say, it's like, like you've just put them as when they turn around and say, yeah, love what you're doing. Um, I don't think I've ever, ever met anyone so far. And I'm not just saying this to make us like try and, you know, blow on trumpet or anything, but they, I've not heard anything negative about it um, or people going, you know, sometimes you get like these like, armchair experts, so to speak, where they go, oh, well, I think you should be doing it like this. Although I've never done one in my entire life. I've never done a podcast or anything like that, but this is how you should be doing it. Um, I've never encountered this, um, but I don't know if you have, Steve, as well, if you've encountered it in the same way as I have. Certainly come across no, no negative feedback for the, for the podcast. I think, Going back to what you were saying, really, in terms of people not being aware of, say, that we might not even have a podcast, for instance, or, or aware of our YouTube, it's very much a case of horses for courses. I'm, I'll be honest, I'll be completely uh, candid and say that I'm not much of a podcast listener, really. I listen to probably one or two podcast episodes a month. Uh, I'm more inclined to um, sort of go on to TikTok and just get my sort of um, interest peak there. But then... Yeah, as I say, it's horses for courses. Some people are like to sit down, I like to watch, you know, a full documentary on YouTube, which is great. Or they'll sit down and their version of relaxing will be reading a book. But then you get some people who are dynamic and they'll sort of, you know, go across all platforms that we do, whether it's the podcast, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, and so forth. There's that many I can't even remember them. So it's certainly really interesting. But the, you know, the feedback that we've we've had on the podcast has been, you know, overwhelmingly positive. And I think people take it for, for what it is you know we're not natural born podcasters we'll never have you know millions of people listening to it we're fulfilling that very niche uh sort of uh gap in the market and it's probably the easiest way of saying it where you know of the whole living history community that there is you know not just in the uk but in the world sound like jeremy clarkson there there's only going to be probably about 20 percent, if i'm being kind of people who actually sit and listen to uh, a podcast so it's very much uh, an intimate uh, podcast to that degree and it was amazing at the victory show when some guy um came up to us uh i think he works at iwm if i remember correctly the name completely escapes escapes me at this moment but he said i recognize your voice and he wasn't aware of our, our tiktok or youtube but he'd come across a podcast and was an avid listener so i think that kind of kind of proves proves my point to a degree yeah i think yeah I, i'm i'm very much like you Steve. i'm not really a podcast listener so i'm more like like I'll, I'll watch YouTube and things like that. But what I would do with the podcast is what I do do um, is I'll listen to them on long journeys. So if I'm, you know, driving to an event or something like that, I'll put a podcast on from various other podcasters, uh, some of those notable famous ones. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very much on the same sort of uh, way of getting my sort of learning, so to speak. What about you, Dom? So I, I, I used to listen to a couple of podcasts, but I sort of personally sort of fell out with them a little, uh, a little bit until I, I came across one one podcast that I quite enjoy called the Revolution Podcast. Um, and some of these episodes are you know a couple of years old, and I sort of got, I got into the Revolution Podcast uh, a couple of years ago, and it, and it was literally be it would have he has seasons of like twenty episodes a piece. Um, where he would base essentially this chap, it, I can't remember his name to be completely frank, but it, it's essentially a, 
it's a book. He essentially writes and just talks a book. I wish he did publish every single thing. I wish I, he did actually publish his, his writings uh, that he, he says in his podcast. But I sort of, I sort of got into him uh, when I was sort of um, researching the Mexican Revolution stuff, and he did a whole series on the Mexican Revolution. But he did, he did several. He's also done several others, um, detail, de- uh, detailing the, the French Revolution and the, and the American Revolution, for instance. Um, again, really interesting. But um, but yeah, as same as you guys, really. I'm not really much of a podcast listener. I, I would, I would like to be a bit more of a, of a podcast listener, but I, I. J- Owing to sort of like the nature nature of my job, I can't. I don't really walk around with headphones on. Well, I can't really walk around with headphones. On. And if there's, I get some days when I'm in a workshop, and some days where I'm, you know, I'm all I'm all over the place. So it's, I can't. I don't really have much of an opportunity to sit down to to listen to a podcast, really. And believe it or not, I don't actually own a pair of headphones apart from my computer, which do not work with my phone. Apple, please take note. So that's really what my sort of stance on sorts of um, podcasts. And it's really most of my, most of my learning sort of done through, you know, um, sort of like the, the mid-length, um, the, the mid-length documentary, like like the sort of stuff we do, you know, 15, 20 minute sort of things on YouTube and also reading. I'm a big, I'm a big reader, um, love reading books. I'm, I'm, I have generally have two books at the same time on the go uh, and that sort of, so that's how I get my sort of history fix, really. But yeah, as I say, I'd like, I'd like to listen to more podcasts, but it's which is ironic, seeing as you know I'm talking on one right now. But it's that it's just kind of the, the the nature of my life. I don't really don't really get much of a chance to uh, to listen to the medium that I pedal. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think one of the weirdest, um, <coughs> one of the weirdest sort of situations I've been in with the podcast um, when I was when I was at the gym, which some some people may sit there and know me and send the photographs of me, <laughs> and I sit there and laugh like, "Nah, he don't go to gym," but I do. I have spurts of like fitness fanaticness and uh, go. But um, so when I this would have been. Uh, oh, earlier last year, uh, last year this would have been before Christmas, and I'd, I'd walked into the gym and I saw someone that I'd known for years, uh, known him since I was a kid, and uh, yeah, and he he saw me, pulled his headphones out, and uh, he's like, oh, "How you doing, Pete? You're all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, good." It's funny enough, <laughs> I'm just listening to your episode about the Christmas truce. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, get away. And honestly, he got his phone out. Yeah. And there it was on the Spotify. And uh, the uh, title picture was up on his phone. I was like, oh, very good. <laughs> That's absolutely mad. <laughs> I thought that was a little bit, a uh, little bit surreal to put it bluntly. But, guy, yeah, it's going back a few months. The old Christmas juice uh, episode is now obviously uh, Christmas last year. Blimey, it's it's amazing as you say, just how how fast things have, have moved over the past twelve months and how things have developed, and it, it's pretty crazy. But I'd I'd love to uh, love to hear what each of your uh, sort of favourite episodes or well and or most enjoyable episodes to record were, uh, were over the past 12 months that'd be pretty cool took the words right out of my mouth Steve because that was going to be my next question for you all took the wind right out my sails you did um, so my favourite episode to record um, it would be the John Guillory uh, episodes uh, so you got the two-parter where I interviewed John Guillory who was a platoon commander during the Vietnam War uh, as an infantryman. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back, go back and listen, because uh, he's a really interesting guy. And what I enjoyed most about that was is that I'd been in contact with John for the best part of almost 15 years. And it literally had been like a, face, a Facebook sort of relationship. So if I ever had a question, I'll ping him a question. And he'd answer it for me. And it was obviously this is back in my UK air cav days. And and we and we've and we, he's always been really good to talk to. Uh, always give you information, everything like that. And then to when I asked him if he'd like to come onto the podcast, and he said, Yeah, um, uh, really nice guy, really humble guy as well. Cause he his exact words to me was when I when I said when I asked him, Do you would you possibly be you know be interviewed for the podcast this is what we are this is what we're closely this is quite the early days of the podcast and um and his exact reply was i'd love to do it if you feel i add value to it and i'm like <laughs> of course you add value to it you're a vietnam veteran not only a vietnam veteran you run a platoon <laughs> and he saw like uh, you know you know he was, he was in like the thick of it in like 1968 sort of thing <laughs> But yeah, and that, and it was great because on with the Zoom, it was like it was like meeting him properly for the first time. Because when we, because when we did it, um, it went in between our little breaks that we had. Because the whole interview process, it was about we, we were on the Zoom for oh a good two and a half hours, three hours, or something like that. That's how much um, stock recording that we actually ended up with at the end. In between the breaks, we you know put the camera up and we're actually having a general conversation about normal life and things like that. It was just, and that's why it was, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing for the aid of modern technology. I managed to meet this guy almost properly for the first time. It was quite surreal. Sorry. I waffled, I waffled on a bit there. <laughs> no, not at all, mate. It was, it, that was a fantastic episode. And anyone who knows me, no, I'm not exactly uh, as interested, shall I say, in in the sort of Vietnam War, uh, typically, you know, in comparison to World War One, World War Two, etc. But I find that episode really, really interesting. It kind of opened my eyes up a little bit more because, selfishly, I I am in, really only interested in what the British military got up to over the sort of past four or five hundred years. But that was that was something different. It was something uh, it was something fresh in that sense. It was quite nice. But from from a selfish point of view, I really have to say the, the best. Well, the episode I really enjoyed the most being a part in was when God, all that time it feels like a while ago now pete we went down to uh to visit old reg charles uh oxen books he's still going strong bless him 
that was an up incredible day. Going yeah, down, um, he must he must be ninety eight this year. He's either, he's ninety eight or ninety nine. Got to be, isn't he? This year, I think he's ninety nine. I believe. Wow, uh, which which is which is incredible. And he's I should imagine all going to plan and all being well. He'll be taking part in the the uh, Remembrance Sunday uh, in uh, down in um, God, where, where is it now? Western Supermare. Yeah, his retirement, his little retirement paradise, so to speak. Yeah, that that was that was a real, really incredible uh, day. That was so taking down loads of um, original World War Two items and using them as emotional triggers, and hearing the stories come, you know, sort of pulling out of him. And his daughter, you know, had never even heard them before, and that was just that. Really, to me, I wish we could do that every week, but realistically, you know, we can't. Oh yeah, uh, but that was I just... could have, I could have spoke to him for hours. Mm, yes. Uh, so could I. And I think he would have spoke to us for hours as well. <laughs> I think he would have done it if he had his way, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it was like, you know, he came up with that story about the small pack. And I was like, you know, when we got the small pack, I was like, oh, do you remember this? I said, oh, yeah, I, I remember one of these. And we opened it. So, oh, well, this is a full one. Like, this is this is what, you know, kind of looked like. Did yours look similar to this? You know, the usual questions that blokes like us ask these people. <laughs> And um, yeah, he sort of yeah sort of had like a little route through. He's like, yeah, I remember this, so I remember that. And he goes, he just sat there and just went, I had one of these blown off of my back when I was in Holland. And we're like, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, I was laid down in the prone, and uh, a shell went off, and the shrapnel blew it off my back. <laughs> and his daughter, like you said, is she never heard this story before? She sat there. She goes, what? <laughs> yeah, it just just come straight off my back. He said. I, I had to try and explain to the quartermaster why I needed a new small pack. And he was like, what? You, know, was like, you had to explain. He's like, yeah, I had to go. I, I literally went back like a bit of a strap. <laughs> so I was like, say, like, can I have a new one, please? <laughs> and I had to justify why he needed a new small pack. <laughs> yeah, it was a, just an amazing episode and such a pleasure to record. But I'm sensing that Don Blythe might be feeling neglected on the uh, sort of periphery uh, loitering with it intense on the periphery of this uh, podcast episode. So, Dom, what is uh, indeed your your most favourite episode that you took part in over the past 12 months? Uh, don't worry about me hanging in the shadows. That's uh, generally something that I've been known to do best. Um, so, my um, the favourite one, I, I would I would say, uh, would, would be the one that myself and you did, Stephen. Well, we were talking about, rather selfishly, the, the Salonica campaign. And it was, and it was just, it was, I can't really describe it really, to be honest. It was, you, you had a sort of part, very, very partial uh, in, um, knowledge of it, but it was, te- it was getting, so, for the first time, I wasn't ta- talking to someone that didn't just, <laughs> didn't just have a fleeting interest. And w- um, I didn't feel like I was overly talking at you for the first time. It was uh, some of the things I, I, te- I was telling you, to, there was, you know, genuine, um, almost one, one might even say shock at some of the stuff that I was saying. And I wish that, that it, um, uh, of course, that what it came out after, after, you know, we finished recording the episode when, and I wish it had been recorded when you mentioned about um, during, towards the, during the sign off of the episode, of um, going to the Solana Campaign Society, 
and it was it was ju- it was just one of my cheeky little per- pearls of useless information that I tossed out there into the ether, which was that the uh, they were the they were the first the, the Salonica Campaign Society was actually the first post-war veterans um, organisation actually set up after the First World War um, uh, before even some of the regimental associations had even formed. It was the Salonica Campaign um, Association as it was known at the time, and it was. Um, just hearing, sort of hearing, almost the dismay, and um, and and so just the gen, gen, the genuine shock of of this new this, this quite eye opening information that was uh, being delivered onto your eardrums was um, I, I quite I quite enjoy enjoyed that um, you know me taught as as Pete said talking about all sorts of weird wonderful and random stuff that I I tend to do but obviously with your interest in British military history it's um it was it was quite good um sort of one may even say enlightening yourself about this um, about the situation uh, about that you know particular front and um to me that to me that was the fav- my fav- favorite one really I'm, I haven't spoken to any, any veterans as I I personally don't know any in me and my grandfather unfortunately is uh, not exactly in a in a good state to be able to talk about his experiences but um but no that was that was for me that was my my personal favorite yeah that was a really good episode actually because I I knew Salonica happened and I knew we were there but in that episode that you both did um I was from your knowledge based I, I learned more about the Salonican campaign in that episode than I ever knew. Um, so yeah, I was that was a very very good episode. That was very good, and I learned a few things new as well. And I think learning as well about you know parts of of history and conflicts we don't necessarily know much about is kind of the the reason why we do what we do. And we, you know, there's little operations such as one of the episodes I I really enjoyed uh, taking part in, which I did with Pete. With uh, a, a lad called Jake Lovick, who uh, is, uh, if I remember correctly, great grandfather, um, Lieutenant Colonel Newman, two commando, Operation Chariot. I knew a little bit about that, having gone down to Falmouth and a few other places. But what uh, the episode made me do beforehand was actually delve much deeper into the history of Operation Chariot and learn new things about it to be able to speak with with confidence on the subject and. Yeah, that's that's kind of why we do it. It's all about broadening our horizons. So for you guys as a listener, of course, you're you know having the the sort of benefit of our knowledge and enthusiasm and passion. But for us as, as sort of hosts, it, it's great because it tests us. It puts us to the test. Uh, we have to learn new things, and it's all about moving forward. And it's not just limited to the podcast. So we're going off recording a documentary this weekend on the Wars of Roses, and that's something that I admittedly know very little about. But over the past couple of weeks, I've had to push my uh, myself forward and, and sort of broaden my knowledge base and i'm sure you guys would agree with that as well wouldn't you pete and dom oh definitely and uh, as you as you say sort of it keeps you doing this podcast and um, with with other people who are, who are like-minded um it, it definitely keeps you on your toes in terms of you know you're talking you've always been comfortable inside your own sort of square of of, of your own remit of knowledge but it's but it's when someone asks you a question that you, you not even that you don't even, that you don't really expect or that you never thought you'd be asked, which 
you know, enables you to, you know, to think about the subject you've been talking about in different ways and what have you and enable and really, and also for me, it makes it makes myself, you know, rack my brain for, for, for the answers, which, which is good. And, and I enjoy that. And it's, uh, as you say, it's all, it's all a part of not only moving forward, but, um, but learning yourself and um, be, um, learning about, you know, your, your abilities as a living historian and regular historian, really. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, you, <clears throat> Like you, like I, I say to you too, not all the time, but quite often is, you know, it's like every day is a school day, isn't it? You know, he, he who thinks they know everything doesn't actually know anything at all. Because um, like you said, we, we're learning every day and all these new subjects that come up and things like that, it's, um, you know, it's knowledge is power. You know, I, I, some things I would consider myself, you know, I do know what I'm talking about with some stuff but there's always going to be someone out there who does actually know that little bit more than what you do and those people i soak up what they've got to say for themselves like a sponge and that's the wonderful thing about history is being open-minded and having that sort of mindset of there's always someone out there in fact everyone out there you can learn something from them and you know arguably they can learn something from you it's all about sharing that that knowledge it's it really is an an amazing subject in that sense and one episode that's just sprung to mind is one that you guys uh did i'll let you loose on that one was the episode on blanco and that's such a can of worms uh, blanco shades and who used what at what point and you know it that got a lot of people talking people like ramsey green uh listens to that he admittedly doesn't listen to podcasts on a, on a regular basis but that grabs his attention he had listened to it and uh Spoiler accounts enjoyed it and it it sparks a, a great debate and we are kind of devoid of kind of podcasts um i mean thankfully for us we're devoid of them that specifically go into like the kit and, and you know specific battles and talking layman's terms rather than some of these you know shows which will come across on say youtube or on on uh, you know podcasts and they're a little bit dry they're a bit too you know sort of uh, stiff upper lip and that they're a bit too rigid in that sense i think it's quite nice to have a bit more of a layback pod, uh, podcast and i'll always be a strong advocate of you know although ours is serious we do inject a little bit of humor here and there in everything that we do and you know long mate continue yeah def- definitely but the um what you were saying about opening can can of worms let's let's not really beat around the bush here you know it needs people who ha- to open up that kind of worms to be able to sort of instigate and stimulate such conversation. And I know we always say, oh, well, this is going to annoy a lot of people when they say this, but it's only going to an- annoy people. You know, it's, people aren't challenged unless they're not annoyed. And if and if you're not annoyed, you're not going to have your own understanding or your own beliefs really challenged. And that goes really for anything, um, it, it living history included. And I, I was awaiting the uh, the inevitable uh, blowback from the blanco thing which luckily never happened but it was it was good that that myself and peter have this very uh, delicate had this very delicate uh, subject in our very very uh, capable hands um to be able to you know to actually you know spark spark up an, a, a debate uh, relating to as i say you know what some people could could label as quite a tetchy subject yeah, I agree. Um, and especially when you got someone like Ramsey Green saying that he's had a listen to it and he enjoyed it as well, because those who know Ramsey on the circuit, he's quite the authority on a lot of British 
things basically regarding kit and rations and stuff like that. Um, and you know, that always gives me like a feel good feeling when you've got people of that caliber saying, I've listened to that episode and I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, even if they, uh, you know, with them saying that, you know, it's like, well, that's we're obviously doing our job right because you've got people of that caliber saying they enjoyed what they heard. Um, possibly ask a few questions in that or what you know why did you come to that conclusion that's like that but that's that's you know that's what this is all about it's opening that discussion isn't it say well this is how i came to that assumption that this is how it is and how it was um yeah and just going from there but like you also touched on steve was the how we don't we try not to make it dry because there is podcasts out there where you know let's be honest it's just some of it's just waffle um and, and dry and boring in some instances. And that's what we'd like to do at Living History UK. I think we just, since day one, from be it over the podcast, TikTok, or YouTube, is to push it out there and make history accessible and fun for everybody and not using big words, not explaining stuff in such a way it just completely explodes someone's mind because they're like, well, I haven't, I didn't have a clue about this before and I definitely don't have a clue about it now. Um, yeah, so I think I think we're doing all right, lads. I think we're doing all right. <laughs> well, I think that's rounded us off quite nicely. Thank you very much, guys, for listening to this very special birthday one year anniversary podcast remember the living history uk festival um is on in april next year where tickets are for sale on the website the links etc are in the bio from myself peter and steve i'd like to say thank you very much for a very very happy and interesting year of the living history uk podcast and remember keep history alive if you've enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, then why not send us a PayPal donation? All donations help us pay to host the podcast and for us to create new content for your enjoyment. Furthermore, if you would like to submit a question or even a subject matter for the podcast, join Patreon and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. The links are in our bio. Until next time, keep history alive. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy.
Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM.